0: This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Jessica Rosenthal. United Auto Workers went on strike against the big three carmakers, Ford, GM and Stellantis, earlier this month. That's the first time all three have been targeted by the union at the same time. The strike began at a few locations, but has since expanded to 38 locations in 20 states. The automakers have offered the UAW pay raises, but say the cost of transitioning over to electric cars prevents them from meeting all the union's demands. We recently spoke with Fox Business correspondent Jeff Flock and former Labor Department economist Diana Furch-Scott-Roth about the issues at the center of this strike and how workers pay, climate change policy and politics have all factored in. We also discussed whether rapidly advancing technology has created anxiety among workers in a variety of industries and if more labor disputes and work stoppages should be expected. We often have to cut interviews down for time during the week, but thought you might like to hear these full interviews with these guests. So we'll play them both for you right now. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Weekday Rundown podcast if you haven't already. Up first is Fox Business Correspondent Jeff Flock on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Jeff, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you've been up very early. Um, just tell me. Oh, no problem. Tell me what it's been like on the, the picket lines or people in, you know, I know you, we, you've covered quite a few strikes over the years. What's, I guess, your <laughs> sense of where workers are at right now?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I, I thought back and in the first UAW contract negotiation I covered was in 1982, which oh. I don't even want to do the math on that, <laughs> but that's like four decades worth of these things. Uh, and this one is just very different. It, it uh, We're on the on the uh, strike line right now. and Maybe you hear the sounds of uh, <laughs> some support as people go by. They they honk their horns or rev their engines, that sort of thing. Um, it's different in that never has there been a strike at all three automakers at the same time. Typically, they would pick a a strike target, one automaker, and all of those plants would go dark. Uh, in this case, they've just picked three plants, and um, so all of the automakers at once are feeling the squeeze. And I think it's just a unique time also in history in that the automakers have done really well over the past few years, made a lot of money. And, uh, you know, I've covered a lot of these things when they needed to give back benefits and wages because the automakers were losing money. In this case, I think the, the workers have some leverage.
0: Hmm. But how much leverage? Because they're asking for a forty percent increase over a certain period of time, right? And that, the, the automakers are going up well beyond nine percent or even fifteen percent, right? To try and to try and uh, yeah, I guess negotiate. But but forty percent is quite a bit.
1: Well, yeah. Uh, the the last offer from the automakers was over twenty percent, which you'd think was a lot. The, the argument that the workers would make, uh, well, is is multifold. But one of them is that. They have given back a whole lot over time and so if they had gotten normal raises over history, they would not be asking for this sort of thing. They're just trying to get back to, you know, where they once belonged there. Uh the other point they would make is that the executives of the company, particularly the CEOs of the big three, have have made about that percentage, forty percent, over the same period that they're asking for. And so they think, you know, what's fair is fair. And at this point, in the country, there is, I think, uh, I detect uh, a sense of concern about the amount that corporate CEOs make compared to the average worker. Um, it's, there's, a, there's a disparity there and a growing disparity, and I think there's there's an increased awareness of that. And when polling was done on the general public, do you support the auto workers? Do they deserve more? Um, there was support for, for their position. So uh, it's, I- it's a unique time in a lot of ways.
0: Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you this and maybe I'll just ask you now because it's in relation to what you just said um, about whether or not unions are sort of having a, a moment. And I, I, I and I say that knowing full well that like back in the 50s, like so many more people were in unions as, as compared to now, but um, whether it's, you know, workers organizing at an Amazon warehouse in Staten Island all the way to this year with the UPS workers um, getting pretty much all of what they asked for, or most of what they asked for, e- even even given so few people being in unions, I, I guess you're you're saying that unions are having a, a bit of a moment.
1: I do think so. I, I think on the on the um, on, on the part of the general public. Uh, and it's not a political thing. You know, it used to be, well, you know, the unions, that was the Democrats were unions and, um, you know, <laughs> Republicans were the, were the, were the corporate folks. Um, that's really not, it hasn't flipped around necessarily, but it's just much more muddled. Uh, you know, you got a lot of, uh, auto workers, including the president of the UAW saying, um, you know, I don't necessarily support the president. I'm not endorsing uh, the Democratic president. Um, you got a lot of workers saying yeah I kind of like what you know uh, uh, former President Trump has to say about things um, you know you have people that are just concerned that the the haves have a whole lot more than the have-nots and while everybody supports the notion of working for what you get uh, there is a a concern about a fundamental fairness that uh, a lot of people think isn't happening right now and are more likely to challenge. I mean, you brought up a couple of examples. I would throw another example, which is, I don't know if you know about the stuff that has happened around Oprah Winfrey and, you know, coming up with a uh, a fund to help the uh, victims of the the wildfires in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. Um, She... And uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, donated $10 million to a fund and said, you know, other people should donate as well. And the pushback she got was, number one, $10 million for you isn't a whole lot of money. Uh, number two, uh, you shouldn't be asking the general public to help out. You should be asking people like your, uh, you know, your well-heeled friends to uh, to help out here. And so yeah. it's it's whether it's Hollywood elites or whether it's corporate executives that make a lot of money, I think the, the, just the average guy out there is, is saying, hmm, there's a lot of people making a whole lot of money, and I think we're a little out of whack.
0: Tell me tell me about this union boss, Sean Fain. It's the first time, as you already said, that the auto workers have struck all three of those major car companies at the same time. I I think it's fair to say that Mr. Fain has certainly come across as a leader who is willing to go to those kinds of more extremes. I mean, he said he believes they are on the right side of this fight, and he quotes scripture in his Facebook Live press conferences. I mean, he certainly comes (laughs) across as a fighter.
1: He has ripped up the script big time. And, you know, unfortunately, the UAW, uh, in recent times, has been plagued with some leadership that has, you know, skimmed some money off the top, has been corrupt, convicted of co- corruption. Um, insider that, that they were, you know, making deals with the companies to negotiate a contract and getting something in return. Um, so he has really been the anti <laughs> the anti old guard on that one and uh, he has ripped the script up um, he uh, is not cozy with the uh, the automaker leadership in fact you know bill ford uh, uh, who is uh, well he's a ford uh and uh, <laughs> he's the chairman of uh, the ford motor company and he came and presented came to present the um the offer from Ford, which you know was is very unusual for the either the chairman or the CEO to come in person and and make the offer, and Sean Fain, the uh, the president, uh, didn't even show up. Uh, you know he he, oh. he did the same thing to Mary Barra, and um, you know just basically insulted them and also said you know we're going to do this different. We're going to do three plants at once, three different automakers, and uh, it is all very different from how this script went in the past. And um, who knows you know where it'll go in the future. But again, not to repeat myself, but unique times, automakers making money, workers kind of feeling a sense of, of unfairness. And as you pointed out, other industries have had some real success in terms of their labor force. And yeah. this might just be the next one.
0: Jeff, tell me about the the politics here. There have been there's been some anger among union folks that's been reported over President Biden and Democrats maybe not coming out more forcefully in support of them. Others on the picket line saying, you know what, stay out of stay out of this. Um, But this seems complicated for Democrats. Right. And I'm just saying what's already been said. Um, the, The automakers say we can't give you the raises you want because we're switching over to electric cars and that's a big part of the Democrats' platform, right? Going green, going going electric.
1: It does put them uh, put them between a rock and a hard place. There, yeah, it it, it does. Uh, you know, I think in principle, as as the the automa- the auto workers as well as, you know, people in general, in principle, want a cleaner planet and want, you know, uh, they're, they're for green. But, uh, as you point out, uh, the money that is being expended by both the automakers as well as federal funds, our taxpayer dollars, in order to fund this green transition, um, is making less money available, in the case of the automakers, to reward the workers, And as I said, they've made a lot of money um, over the course of the past, uh, you know, uh, well, several years now. Jeff, do you think they're having uh, a conversation
0: though? Do you think they're having a conversation though right now about because the automakers have said, "Look, we don't know if the American public wants EVs in the degree that we're being told to make them." So, do you think this will prompt an additional conversation about? where the Biden administration wants to go and how much money they want to spend on this transition.
1: Well, I think auto workers just like everyone else has some have some questions about the green agenda and how rapidly the transition should take place. Um, mm-hmm. everybody would love to have power from the sun and the water and the uh, <laughs> and uh, the wind. wind. Uh, but I think everyone also acknowledges we're not there yet. And uh, so, yeah, I I think if you go on the the, the picket line, uh, you get a whole bunch of... You know, it used to be you got one voice from unions and UAW in particular. They were pretty uh, unified. The only people that weren't unified is the thought that, you know, they didn't get enough. The contract didn't give them enough. Uh, They would have a dispute about that. But in terms of... Just, the, you know, the, the, the course of how things are going and policy, uh, they would be pretty unified. In this case, not so. You know, you've got different political views represented among the auto workers. You have, uh, you know, different agendas in terms of whether they're green or not. And, you know, what it comes down to for these guys is how much money do they make and are you going to be able to, you know, fairly compensate them. And anything that stands in the way of that is potential trouble.
0: And and finally, Jeff, you know, on the other side of the political aisle with Republicans, you know, you have somebody like former President Trump, who's always courted these kinds of American workers, saying, you know, this is not the right play, the union is risking too much here, and the automakers will just have these cars made in China. Is that a real possibility, moving even more production to Mexico or China? I mean, what are, you, what are we hearing from the, the CEOs here at Ford and Stellantis and GM?
1: Well, the... First of all, I think President, former President Trump is walking a fine line there because he is saying, I think he said uh, on the interview program, uh, one of the interview programs this uh, past weekend, that he didn't think uh, President Fain of the UAW was doing a very good job, but he went on to make it clear that he thought that was because uh, of this green push, uh, which he would reverse where he'd be reelected. I think President Trump is is walking... Uh, Former President Trump, a uh, a fine line here. He said that he didn't think Sean Fein, the president of the UAW, is doing a very good job, but he said because of the green agenda that you're going to lose jobs and they're going to go overseas to China potentially. I think U.S. automakers are pretty committed to making electric cars here. I don't think all of the electric cars are going to be made in China. But I think President, former President Trump does not want to alienate those workers. Uh, I think, you know, he's a a bit in their corner. He, you know, feels a bit that they deserve to be rewarded as well. So, uh, and I think he thinks a policy change would would do a a better way of, would be a better way of rewarding them than uh, the way they're going right now.
0: Or threatening tariffs if they move to Mexico, right? Like he did. Uh, <laughs> what, what did he threaten? that? Yeah, well, uh, that's the thing, and that's
1: a, that's very much not a Republican view. You know, had a Democrat president uh, talked about tariffs and and you know punishing our trade partners, uh, that would have been you know they would have strung them up. But because it was a Republican president doing that, uh, you know, it just changed the narrative and it changed people's perspectives on it. And so I I always love it when people, uh, you know, do things because of policy, not because of party. Uh, You know, I think we we maybe need to get back in this country to thinking about what's best for the country, not what best makes my opponent look bad.
0: Thank you to Jeff Flock. Now here is Diana Furchgott-Roth, former Labor Department chief economist and current Heritage Fellow on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Okay, um, I won't keep you long. Uh, wanted your thoughts. I know you gave some of them to Fox Business. Um, Diana, why don't you give us your uh, your name and current title? I know you're former chief economist of
2: uh, U.S. Labor Department. Yes, I'm Diana Furchgott-Roth. I'm the director for Energy, Climate, and Environment at the Heritage Foundation. Okay. So you've um
0: I saw you raise this point before and I, I was hoping um you could elaborate on it that that this auto strike to you highlights and I think you put it this way, the fight in the Democratic Party between the blues and the greens. In other words, the the competing agendas, right, of of supporting the worker versus the climate. Uh it, it almost sounds existential. Um can you
2: tell us more? It is existential. And up to now, the coalition has pretty much coexisted, so to speak. But now with the mandatory EVs, the push to have 60% of new vehicle sales be electric by 2030 and two thirds be electric by 2032, uh, President Biden is getting rid of these auto workers jobs. And quite rightly, they are not happy about it because with the schedule of EVs, 400,000 auto worker jobs would be lost. So you have the Greens in the Democratic Party that want what they see as clean air and clean water. Of course, we all want clean air and clean water, but their view of clean air and clean water is electric vehicles. And then you have the blue collar workers who want their jobs. And it's not just in the auto area but the increased price of energy from getting rid of fossil fuels and putting in place more renewables, that raises the price of energy and it makes manufacturing jobs less competitive here in the United States. And it yeah, doesn't I, even help the climate.
0: Well, I, and as a labor economist, can you talk about the future of work with technology? I mean, you just talked about transitioning to EVs. I don't, I don't, I didn't, I didn't realize that that was going to cost that many autoworker jobs. I mean, we're having a writer's strike right now. They are certainly worried about AI and and their creative capabilities. Um, I guess technology is is the biggest player in all of these discussions.
2: Well, it's the CEO of Ford who's estimated that the push for EVs is going to result in 400,000 fewer auto industry jobs because with EVs, Uh, It's a completely different kind of mechanism. In other words, Hmm. they have to change the plants over. They're making electric vehicles. Not all the components are going to come from the United States. The batteries are probably going to come from China. And as far as the union goes, these are going to be made in probably right-to-work states, so they are going to be losing their jobs to make a product that no one even wants to buy. Right now, EV sales are 6% of new vehicle sales. They want to ratchet them up to two-thirds in uh, 10 years. So you can see why these workers are angry. Their jobs are going offshore to China. And it's not just technology. It's not just a matter of technology changing by itself, Jessica. It's a matter of the government paying producers to make these and paying consumers tax credits of $7,500 each to buy them. I mean, with this Apple iPhone I'm holding in my hand, no one paid Apple to make it, no one paid me to buy it, but they're flying off the shelves. There's something very wrong with this picture. When our government, an administration, by the way, that the UAW supported, uh, is paying producers to make electric vehicles and paying people to buy them, and the jobs are not going to just be lost in the auto industry. They're going to be lost for autopart suppliers. They're going to be lost for mechanics. You're not going to be able to go to your local mechanic uh, to fix your EV when it breaks down. Right. So there's something very wrong with this picture. Dan, if these workers, if these workers get a 25 to 30 percent raise over
0: a certain number of years after the, like, let's say that's how it ends, and and that comes on the heels of the UPS workers getting what they asked for this past summer. Are, does this set a new tone for labor? And and workers' demands over pay, or or are these demands in large part out of fear uh, for for the future and what technology will mean for for these jobs? And so even if this is this new demand, it will it will fall off a cliff if if we you know if technology replaces
2: so much of what we do. So you have UPS getting a forty percent raise over four years, American Airlines a forty percent raise over four years, so. What they are asking for is not out of line for what other uh, companies have been getting, and I think that they see that. The problem is that with inflation rising, uh, and this is also caused by elimination of our fossil fuels, it's part of the whole story. If you eliminate oil and gas production, energy costs go up, and energy costs have been driving inflation. Uh, This inflation results in upward wage wage pressure, which, in fact, Uh, causes more inflation and causes more groups to be pressing for higher wage increases. These are high-wage increases, but they're not so much out of line with what people in other industries have been getting.
0: Danif, lastly, you know, when it comes to technology and jobs – Um, what, what do you hear? Like all the way up until a year ago, it was, and I have two little children. It was, you know, your kids have to learn how to code, send them to computer camp. But now it's like within a matter of a year, I'm told, no, 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 AI is going to build you a website. Like what, what is the new job of the future or is it still
2: computing? There's always going to be good jobs and technology is always going to result in, uh, more jobs, higher productivity. That's what we've seen ever since, Uh, We started getting plows and then tractors. And the idea that technology is going to take away people's jobs is completely false. There's always going to be more jobs. We have more jobs than ever before. But it's the forced transition from one form of technology to another that I find particularly troubling. The best-selling car in the United States is the F-150 pickup truck. And the federal government does not want people to buy these cars. They want them to buy electric vehicles which are more expensive, less convenient, and they don't work in cold climates. We cannot forecast the jobs of the future. There are jobs around now like social influencer. Uh, We have someone here at Heritage whose job is to uh, promote Heritage on Twitter. That job didn't exist 20 years (laughs) ago. Uh, The important thing is to know how to write, uh, to know some math, and then the rest you can learn by training. Computer coding helps also, but there's lots of different jobs uh, and you're going, not going to have the same job throughout your life. Throughout your career, you're going to have a lot of different jobs. So people need to just study hard and be prepared to learn on the job the skills that are needed for the next one. Diana, for Scott Roth, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Hey, it's Will Cain, co-host of Fox & Friends Weekend. Join me as I share my thoughts on a wide range of topics, from sports and pop culture to politics and business. The Will Cain Podcast. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.